Hi, everyone. Welcome back to the Mission Protect Our Planet podcast. We have a special guest here today with us, and I'm so excited for her to introduce herself, what she's all about, and why sustainability matters to her. So, Michelle, welcome to the podcast. We'll have you do a quick little intro, and then we'll get into some conversations on what you're doing on the side. Yeah, thanks for having me. I'm so excited to be here. So my name is Michelle, pronouns are she, her. I work on a small business called Upside Closets, where my focus is taking previously loved fabrics and materials and upcycling them into something new that someone can continue to enjoy and love. I also just like love sharing ways to reuse products in different ways, just so that we're helping to divert waste from landfills. Awesome. And that that's such a cool side thing to do because I think you're very much contributing to the idea of how to be sustainable with clothing and thrifting and things like that. And love to hear more about how that came together, what the mission was behind that. And yeah, why was that important to you to get started? Yeah, I always considered sustainability growing up, but I think as a kid, I had a lot of misconceptions about mm-hmm. what sustainability was, especially in terms of waste diversion, recycling. Like if you think of the three R's, it's like reduce, reuse, recycle. But a lot of people really focus on that third one, even though it's yep. it's a tiered step. Like Absolutely. recycle. I thought I genuinely thought drinking from plastic water bottles was a good thing to do <laughs> because I'm throwing it in the blue bin. Mm-hmm. But then becoming more educated about over the years, I realized that my actions have an impact on the world that I'm leaving behind. So I became more conscious of like what am I purchasing what am I doing in my daily life Mm -hmm. and what are the actions that I can do to change that so in terms of specific to clothing I always was really interested in fashion and I previously like loved purchasing from fast fashion to Mm -hmm. be quite honest and it wasn't until like I was exposed to the impact of what mm-hmm. fast fashion really did was when I started to shift my mindset in terms of like questioning, like, do I really need to be purchasing this many clothes yeah. this many times a year? Absolutely. Is there any other outlets that I can look to to purchasing? So I got really into thrifting and also just overall reducing the amount of mm-hmm. things that I was purchasing, which is great for your wallet as well. Mm-hmm. And then one of the struggles I found when thrifting was that some things are not always like tailored to your size or it's hard to find things that are what's currently like nice. Like if you like a trending outfit or mm-hmm. something like that, it's, it's hard to find that in thrift stores mm-hmm. at times. So I began just upcycling old shirts that I already had into making it something that I would like at the time Mm -hmm. and then personally in my life people like liked what I was doing so I started just making upside closets during the pandemic just Mm -hmm. to see if if anyone else was interested in it it's an option to them my goal isn't to make this personally like a super big thing but it's just a project where if people are interested in wanting to find an option that they like this is an option for them so that's essentially how I got started. Absolutely. And I think the point about not buying so many, so much clothing in your wardrobe year to year is such an important point, important point, because I find myself constantly going back to being like, I haven't worn this in a year, like I don't need it, but it's taking up space and obviously cost money and materials to create. So I definitely agree with that point. So it's good to know what that perspective is from going from your personal values and then trying to bring that out as well. And I think it's a really great way for people to get involved in that for Mm -hmm. sure. Yeah. And then now what's the projects that you're working on or like what type of products are you creating for people out there? 
So a lot of the materials I use, like I work with fabrics that me, family members, friends already had. I make sure that what I use is like it's at the end of its like life cycle. Like Mm -hmm. it can't be reused to someone else. Like someone else can't enjoy or perhaps it's torn. I also am lucky to have like a contact that I know from a like a dry cleaners where they do hemming so they give mm-hmm. me like a lot of their leftover fabrics so a lot of what I'm doing is just using sca- scrap fabrics to create different items and what I'm seeing a lot like this is like my third year of into this and a lot of the cycles have shifted like scrunchies were a huge thing like yeah. when I first started and that's been phased out but there's also the consistent things like hand warmers. I see like during, going into the fall season, winter months, a lot of people are purchasing hand warmers. So just using the fabric, thinking of like different ways to use fabrics. Um, yeah, but uh, yeah, just like creating different accessories. I'm always, the way I start is I always think, what can I start off with myself? Like if I mm-hmm. want something, yeah. I'll like create it. And if it happens to be that someone else likes it, then Absolutely. I'll like post about it. Right, and that makes a lot of sense. Where can they find you if they're interested in looking into more of this? Yeah, so they can check out my social media. Um, it's Upside Closets on Instagram, so it's spelled U-P-C-Y-C-L-O-S-E-T-S. Yeah, so like awesome. upcycling and closets put together. I also have a shop on Etsy, so they can check me out there. Yeah. Perfect. Okay, so we'll take a, a beat and then go back into this later on. But in terms of your experience with sustainability outside of this, could you share a little bit about that? And if there's any cool projects that you want to point out as well? Yeah, so outside of this small business that I have, I work in the field of marketing. I've had mm-hmm. the opportunity to work for a lot of different companies, but I've been very privileged and lucky to have work on brands where I was able to have influence because of my passion for sustainability on the type of products that mm-hmm. I worked on. So in the past, I worked for the top national coffee brands, and we were able to work on influencing the launch of the first ever compostable pods in market. So nice. that was really exciting. A lot of coffee pods, so they're made with these plastic materials that are supposedly able to be recycled, but unfortunately not a lot of municipality recycling programs accept mm-hmm. that type of plastic to be recycled. And right. there's a lot of steps in order to recycle it. A lot of people don't know is that you actually have to peel back the actual film, then compost the pods, and then clean it out and then recycle it. Otherwise, it will be rejected completely. So the pods that we were able to work with with the manufacturing company was that it was a very easy step. All you had to do Mm -hmm. was toss it in the post bin. So making sure that we were addressing that customer need and frustration, um, knowing that a lot of people were concerned about their impacts, but also making something that's convenient for them too. So that was something I was really excited to work on in the past. And a lot of the brands I've worked on, I'm very fortunate that they have always been focused on sustainability in some aspect. In Mm -hmm. the past, I've also worked on a food brand where they focus on sourcing ingredients and providing recipes that source ingredients that minimize the impact on farming Mm-hmm. And practices like that, pr- really promoting veggie first recipes, knowing mm-hmm. the, the impact that meat consumption has on our environment. So absolutely, very lucky to have worked on those brands. Yeah, those are really interesting projects. And your point about recycling is actually a really good one. I feel like a lot of people don't understand 
that you can't just throw something in the bin and call it a day. Like sure. recycling takes a bit more steps than that. So that's definitely good that you're working on projects like that. And also that business mindset, I feel like because Michelle and I went to school together, mm-hmm. I feel like coming from business school, you have a lens of, okay, this is what I'm going to do. It could be finance, accounting, marketing, anything. But then the sustainability lens is now kind of integrated into each operational component. For sure. I'm seeing that I'm working in accounting. I'm seeing that in a lot of the companies that I work for, marketing, you know, you're you're working with brands that care about sustainability and what their impact is to the planet. So that's definitely an interesting take as well, how we're starting to see that in all of our roles, whether sure. we're applying for specifically sustainability things or just generally integrating it into business operations. Yeah, for sure. And I, I think that's so great. Like mm-hmm. with like you, people like you who have this mindset, things that they're passionate about, those are things you can directly influence yeah. when you're in a field. Because a lot of times like perhaps like other people don't share the same mindset and they don't care yeah. to necessarily look towards making steps towards being more sustainable, whether it's like environmental impact, social. A lot of it's focused on the bottom line, but it's so important that we have people embedded into all these different parts of the organization, not just the, you know, ESG part of the organization. It should be embedded in all parts of the organization so we can make that influence to make change because otherwise no one is going to really push for that agenda. Yeah, absolutely. I think in the field that I'm in, a lot of it's regulations, you know, these are, Mm -hmm. this is what has to be done for your operations to work. So I feel like in that sense, I'm seeing companies that do genuinely care and then also companies that are very much there because they need to be. Exactly. Are you finding that mix as well? And like, is it starting to see more of a progression towards companies putting in people that actually care about sustainability? What's your take on that? I think the companies that do it best is when they actually have like a mandate Mm -hmm. or... A lot of times, like, companies publish, like, this report where they're like, look at all this good stuff we do. Look at our goals that we're reaching for 10, 20 years Mm -hmm. in the future, and this is how we're measuring according to that. I I think companies that do it the best is when they're setting goals that are – they're actually actively working towards, not just goals that are – will reach it eventually and there's no measurable impact to that or mm-hmm. it's like this is the way that the industry is already moving so you're not the one really you know being the pioneer of yeah, it. The lead, uh, yeah and i think governments have a lot to do with it too uh what's great like in the canadian government they've pushed like certain things like reducing or banning the use of single-use plastics mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. That's a shift that companies were forced to make, not necessarily because they were calling out like, oh, you know, it'd be great is if we like stop you doing this because yeah. it's good for the environment. As consumers, we have to speak about because ultimately a lot of the times companies are caring about their bottom line and bits and they're going to look to what the customer is asking for. So mm-hmm. uh, a lot of people talk about like making sure you're paying your share of like wallet towards what like at us as individuals, like, what can we mm-hmm. really do? But I think over time, like, we've seen so much change just over, like, the past five, ten years. So I think there is change. Like, the companies are making the change, but um, I think it's slower than when it needs to be. Yeah, yeah. Regulations are coming in sooner, I hope. But um, I think until then, we're seeing definitely more of a voluntary, like, here's what I can do for now. And I know some sustainability reporting helps to see where companies are at, and that's interesting. I've also seen starting... I think last year or this year, there's some artists in, on tour that are producing sustainability reports, yeah. which is interesting to see because as someone who goes to a concert and ultimately contributes to why artists are going on th- tour, 
to be able to see that impact and what they're doing to either reduce emissions or just support their fans in making sure what they're doing isn't harming the earth mm-hmm. is also really cool to see. So we're seeing that kind of on all fronts, not just corporations doing that. In terms of fast fashion, just going back a bit, I know there's quite a bit of companies out there that claim to be very eco-friendly. Um, I wanted to get your take on that. I know, for example, with H&M, they have this like, you can bring back your clothes. And I don't know if it's a discount or what it is, but they're encouraging that. And I don't necessarily have the best view on like what that supply chain then looks like. But it seems like there's a lot of initiatives to go about eco-friendly methods as opposed to the whole consumer buy. And then you just continue to do that cycle. Yeah, Yes. So I think it's so important for companies to be transparent about mm-hmm. their process because, yes, like H&M is one example where they're collecting all these items. But where do we as consumers know what we're doing with yeah, it? Yeah, where do they go? <laughs> what yeah, are they doing exactly. with that? I've heard many different things mm-hmm. where like they're being shipped off overseas and landing in ultimately landfills, but people yeah. are collecting a discount for that. So. Um, yeah, I think it's important for companies to be transparent about what they're actually mm-hmm. doing because otherwise, like, how do we really know that they're making an impact? And it's it's tough when companies are saying they're giving out these metrics, mm-hmm. really. When yeah. But these metrics, it's so based out of things that everyone is already moving towards or it's, yeah. it's so almost like easy to attain you know like it's the minimal thing that they should be doing so I think we really need to question um and bring a just general like attention to that because like yeah. do should we continue to accept that and yeah. be okay with that I don't I personally am not but like I understand it's a it's a bigger thing outside of just like individual action yeah, yeah, absolutely. It's like holding the corporations accountable and making mm-hmm. sure that we really understand what we are buying into. A very big topic of conversation is like, especially those that are st- currently still in university or school, students that are, you know, budget friendly are going turning towards companies like Shein to buy $5 tops because it's just so much more affordable than going mm-hmm. anywhere else and buying a brand that has sourced ethical materials as well as made a focus to make sure that their human rights throughout the supply chain is focused on as well. I know Xi'an has taken quite a bit of fire in the media. Do you have any takes on how they've been doing their operations, how you feel about how you feel about what they're doing? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think their marketing is quite interesting. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, it's, it's funny because it's so clear that they hear the mm-hmm. feedback. Yes. They are aware of it, and that's why they're taking these actions to put a false front. Yeah. And it's so funny that they're not taking actions to actually address the feedback there that they're receiving. So yeah. and it's a it's the same with H&M too. It's like they hear the feedback. So like let's put this greenwashing initiative mm. up front. Yeah, it's it's quite funny, but I think consumers should really again like question the validity of that. And I think a yeah. lot of people as soon as that influencer trip videos were posted, I think a lot of people were caught on very quickly and yeah. were aware of it. So it's great that we have consumer recognition of that and mm-hmm. then people are making sure that they're educating people on their individual platforms like why certain things are not as they seem on yeah. the surface. But ultimately, yeah, Shein is a huge company that is seemingly continuing to grow. So yeah. I think it's important for 
for us to look at options, like, I know it's really tough, like, as you mentioned, like, students on a budget, mm-hmm. like, we've been there, where it's like you're, you just need something as quick as a shirt, and, like, I, yeah. some people gravitate towards the cheapest option, but I think just making alternatives aware, mm-hmm. um, like, again, like, thrifting is a great option, buying secondhand is a great option. I'm a huge proponent of, like, you know, like, borrow your friend's clothes, yeah. like, I used to do that all the time, like in high school, like when, I don't know if like you had civvies days, like we were in a yes. uniform school. Yeah. And like m- me and my cousin would like actually share outfits because yeah. we went to different high schools. I'm like, they'll never know that we were wearing the same <laughs> outfit. Same, yeah. yeah. So, you know, there's no shame in doing that. And I think it's like, it's great for your wallet too. If you're yeah. looking for ways to reuse, secondhand markets are great and we mm-hmm. have such a like a plethora of options out there with like Facebook yeah. Marketplace, Kijiji. There's so many different options out there to look at secondhand. Yeah, absolutely. It's not like you need to wear the same top every day, you know? You could exactly. definitely swap with friends. Mm-hmm. That's really important. And the idea of fast fashion and how that's growing as well, I've seen that chart I feel like a lot of people have on social media where, you know, there's Zara, H&M, and their contributions to emissions is down here, and Shein's, like, all the way up there. Mm-hmm. And you're looking at that thinking that those were already the brands doing the exactly. most. Yeah. So to see that visualization is very interesting because it's like, oh, I definitely don't feel like contributing to this. This feels like I'm doing a lot bigger of a damage than I realized. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. It's it's alarming. <laughs> yes. Yeah, I felt like before Shein had like popped off, it, mm-hmm. I feel I, f- I really felt that we were moving away from like yeah. fast fashion with like stores like Forever 21 closing down, but you know. Yeah, things, things are just coming back full yeah. circle. I know there was some stuff in the media as well. They tried to do an influencer trip where people were invited to see their factories to see how mm-hmm. well people were treated. And I think the feedback to a lot of that was like, well, I don't really think that that's what's reality. I think that's a very big misrepresentation of a company that's doing a lot more damage, not just in the materials and their supply chain, but how they're treating their workers. Right. Because any companies that are outsourcing to overseas is not going to be doing, you know, ethical, I guess, considerations when it comes to their supply chain as as companies that would in the in the states or Canada, for example. Yeah, for sure. And I'm, I am glad that when those videos came out, that people were already questioning them, mm-hmm. and there was a lot of skepticism about that. But again, it comes down to action. Like beyond become, being skeptical of it, are you going to continue to contribute your dollars? Because a lot of, and this is not to like put blame on like individuals at all, but like beyond just voicing your frustration with it, what are you mm-hmm. going to actually do? And it's as simple as just not giving those companies your dollars. And th- that's a good question because I think, especially on TikTok, there's just a lot of blame to assign to whoever's mm-hmm. c- the creator, but also what are you doing in your part? Mm-hmm. And I think that's a good segue because you are someone who has a lot of ideas for just like consumer day-to-day how you could do better, mm-hmm. not just like blaming the corporations or the people that are helping to promote these, but what can you contribute in your day-to-day activities to make a world a better place? Yeah, for sure. I, yeah, so I definitely try to embed, like, it in my day-to-day life, mm-hmm. like, starting with, like, my eating habits. I cut out meat from my diet mm-hmm. over, I don't know, like, 12, 13 years ago now, and that's not 
of course, like a choice available to all people given right. their dietary restrictions. But like being more considerate about your food, like even if it's just like a meatless Monday, like how are ways that you can, you know, reduce the ingredient intake that, you Absolutely. know, have a impact on the environment? I recently moved out a few years ago and mm-hmm. furnishing my entire apartments, I purchased completely secondhand furniture and it's you know you'd be surprised how great of items are out there yeah and that otherwise would have been you know thrown in landfill because a lot of the stuff i got were free too like people just generally didn't want it anymore and of course like be careful with like cleaning and stuff Mm -hmm. so like obviously my fabrics are new but things like that those are just simple ways that you can embed in your day-to-day life um when shopping again Thinking about the three R's again, mm-hmm. the first number one is reduce. Like, really question, like, do you need this new thing mm-hmm. or do you even need it at all? Like, or is there an alternative that you can do? Is there a way, Absolutely. something that you can alternatively source elsewhere? Like, borrowing market is huge mm-hmm. too. And then again, I think we need to be more. I would love it if everyone was a lot more comfortable with sharing items. Like, yeah. You know, I feel like everything is so individually owned, but it doesn't necessarily have to be like yeah. sharing. I love the, there's a lot of like buy nothing groups and share groups on mm-hmm. like Facebook. And that has been like a really great resource where you're seeing like neighbors in your community, like yeah. willing to share something, um, whether it's like a ladder, like instead of having to buy a whole new ladder that you're going to buy use like one time to mm-hmm. like fix a light you can just borrow it from your neighbor um i think yeah just like outreaching in your community um and again like i mentioned buy nothing groups that's a yeah. huge one um it's really great to see people finding a second life to mm-hmm. items that someone may not necessarily need anymore but someone else can benefit yeah. from so there's definitely a lot of resources online and i think we're so lucky to be in this age where we're connected digitally so yeah. you don't always have to like physically look in store to store because I know like things like thrifting is you know it's not everyone's cup of tea mm-hmm. but there's definitely options online out there through the secondhand place markets where you can find items that you're looking for yeah for sure and that's all really good advice because I think on one hand yes it's very good for the earth and sustainability but you're also saying cost-saving measures exactly. like um things have gotten expensive. So I think these ideas are good for both and mm-hmm. and really taking that perspective into account that being sustainable doesn't need to be expensive. Exactly. So yes. I think that's quite a big misconception of how you should go about your day-to-day life. There's definitely alternatives that will save you money. Yes, for sure. Yeah, exactly. And like exactly what you said, a lot of people have this, you know, myth where mm-hmm. being yeah. sustainable, that means I have to spend more, but not necessarily. Like if you're really questioning that your, your day-to-day purchases Again, like reducing, that's saving a lot of dollars in your uh, wallet. And, you know, in this economy, we definitely need it. Absolutely. So just to wrap it all up with the idea of sustainability, knowing that, you know, the world is kind of in chaos about learning about this and then also being able to execute. What's your ideal version of like where things go in the next, like, let's say five to 10 years? Hmm. That's a huge question. It's a tough question. I gave the world of issues to you just now. In five to 10 years, I hope it's something that is not like, I hope sustainability is truly embedded Mm -hmm. in the way that we think. And it's not just like another 
it's like or for companies for example i hope it's not just like a check mark that they yeah. have to like remember to do it but it's already an ingrained practice in their systems yeah. in their the way of thinking and their decision making mm-hmm. i that is like truly my hope um i know it's like a ways a ways to get there but that's my aspiration but yeah i think as long as people are considering like that your ways to leave the earth our environment the yeah. people better off than what you started with i think that's like a really good way to Absolutely. just think about sustainability it's just changing mentalities and like mm-hmm. really shifting your perspective to understand you know what's what's at stake you know i, I think a lot of people after all the weather changes that have been happening are like oh mm-hmm. maybe it's like starting to become a real thing and it's like mm-hmm. no it's definitely the consequences of your own actions you know definitely. so switch, switching that perspective and mentality is very important as well yeah for sure and i think us in a lot of times in the western world it's because we don't have visibility to what the yep. impact is of sustainability we're not seeing where these thousands of pounds of clothes are being shipped to right. like we're not the end receivers of that mm-hmm. so i think it's very easy to ignore that subject like for example like shein mm-hmm. has mentioned like you're it's very easy to ignore that there are children yeah. working in these sweatshops because you're not being exposed to it but mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I think it's an em- like people need to ha- develop like empathy and instead of ignoring it, like what can you do about it? Yeah, absolutely. And I think also the news obviously sounds all sad and, and dreary, but mm-hmm. all these things that you're doing to improve the climate and improve sustainability as in general is just important to your day to day life. You know, if you have children in the future, wanting them to have a better life, it's not about just like making sure that we're doing stuff that's of impacting climate change. Yeah, yeah, for sure. But thank you so much for joining yeah. our podcast. Thanks I think so this me. has been a really good conversation and what you can do day to day. And also just thinking about the bigger picture when you're shopping, which I think is a very important point for people and consumers to understand. Yeah. Thanks so much awesome. for having me. Thanks, Michelle.